You're listening to Black Neon Digital Podcast, episode 33, Corinna Nobbs on moving to Ibiza, digital experiences for the circular economy, and ways to develop personal and professional innovation. Welcome to Black Neon Digital Podcast. I'm your host, Jodie Muta-Hamilton, the founder of Black Neon Digital. And I believe the future of fashion is to honour craftsmanship whilst embracing innovation and to support each other to build businesses that have integrity. Corinna approaches her life in fashion with three guiding pillars, investigation, conscious innovation and education. Someone who we may consider a futurist, she has recently felt the need to turn her attention to the present rather than striving to create the future. So it stands to reason that Corinna recently retitled herself a nowist rather than a futurist. The current pandemic has made us consider all aspects of our life and work and what's essential and important to us. For Corinna, that has led her to make a conscious decision to move more into the present and be more connected to nature, living in Ibiza where she just moved before lockdown. In this podcast, I talk to Corinna about what it's like to follow your instinct to a place that has yet to be defined, her future plans for Hot Second, the world's first circular economy concept store where she traded physical products for digital experiences, her new business venture, The Dematerialized, with another incredible woman in innovation, Marjorie Hernandez, co-founder of Luxo, and why she felt it's time to help others develop both a personal and professional innovation roadmap. I'm very happy that you've joined us today from the sunny, magical, very jealous Isle of Ibiza. Um, And I know that that kind of like from the outsiders, perhaps um, exactly as I've described, but I know sometimes (laughs) it can be quite tough there. Mm. Um, Knowing friends out there and this whole situation through lockdowns probably not been the easiest because unlike the UK, uh, the regulations out there are a lot stricter right so like yeah. you couldn't go to the furthest away shop or something like that so um yeah how has it been for you over there yeah I mean it was really basically I uh, I moved here a month before lockdown and then all my stuff arrived in the van two days before lockdown and did I not have all my stuff that would have been really hard because I had like I didn't even, I had like one pillow and one towel and stuff like that. So it was, I spent the first time nesting effectively, putting up pictures and fixing things and making things. Uh, so that I took the around kind of, garden, the garden that you did, like the little yeah, terrace. And little like, oh, so cute. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just used it to do that, but it was really hard not to, like a, a like well not to have any human interaction apart from smiling at people in the supermarket and even still you were smiling under your mask so it didn't really count as much and I get yeah I think we had like 11 weeks of that so by the 11th week I was definitely in fact I think on the 12th day one of my neighbors came in and wanted me to help me with her mobile phone and I was so excited I I would have done anything to like help her so yeah and not being able to engage with the nature which is one of the reasons that I lived here I guess those were the two challenging things but I I I learned how to poach an egg I kind of yeah I don't know I'm busied myself with other stuff so 
had, had you lived there before was that your first time or how no, how did you come to, to be there yeah I mean it's probably the island I've visited most um in my lifetime but as a as a lover of disco and dancing and things and then um I took like a six-month sabbatical um from 2018-2019 and when I came back from that I just knew that I wanted to live somewhere next to the sea and I tried living in Margate for a little while um which I loved but it was just so expensive like the the rent and the trains and if you're traveling a lot I, I couldn't, it, it, it wasn't feasible. And then one day I just said, I'm just going to see how much rents are in Ibiza. And I halved what I was paying in London. And I was like, it's a sign. And then the first one I went to see, I loved. And there was just like a flow. So I was like, I'm going with this. Yeah. And it just felt natural to kind of go there, basically. And yeah. has it been scary at all, the, the, the jump? Mm, or what has no. been scary or nothing? <laughs> yeah, no, so far not scared just I mean I guess one of the things that this situation has made us realize is that about kind of forward planning is not so easy um which I've kind of relaxed into I'm like okay I can like probably only go like three weeks or four weeks ahead and there's quite a I don't know there's a there's freedom. an innocence and a freedom in that yeah although my mom's like are you going to be able to pay your bills in six months time and I'm like relax <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you're the only one that will be trying to answer that, right? Anyway, so I think kind of October, well, September, October time, when the furlough kind of situation actually rears its head properly, we're probably going to be a bit more, um, yeah, worse off in a sense, because at least people now are getting paid, right, if they're on furlough. Yeah, and like, unless I'm, you're, unless you're uh, sorry. No, on you go. I was just going to say, unless you're a director of a company and then you basically have nothing at the minute apart from your client work, you know. I know, um, it's scary. And yeah, um, so I've had a lot of brands that I've kind of been pitching to that were initially super excited and even with all the hype around digital of like our budgets are like crushed, can't have this conversation until next year. And I don't know, I'm kind of getting used to that reply at the moment. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to busy myself doing other things. Hmm. It's quite ironic in a sense that actually what they need to be pushing forward with now is more digital and more things, kind of like yeah. future proof. Yeah. Um, can you just tell us, let's rewind a bit and tell us how you got yeah. into not just physically where you are in Ibiza, but like in terms of fashion, the whole digital thing. And, you know, because you've been pioneering in that space for quite a while now um, in the digital fashion world. So, yeah, just tell us how. How that came well about. I mean it all still feels super super new to me every time I do a presentation every time I kind of put something together I learn something new and that's the reason I guess that I'm in this space but um again it was when I took kind of six months off and I started just following Carling's work Fabricant's work um, and then when I came back to the UK in May 2019 I was on a panel with Kerry from the Fabricant and so I was just researching asking people in my own, own network what did you think about digital fashion and I kind of got a unanimous reply of what the fuck and I was like oh um there's there's some there's a space here and there's there's lots of different ways that this could go. And I just kind of instantly knew that's what I wanted to do. Kind of previously when I was away, I was kind of brainstorming um, an idea for a shop, which was kind of like um, 
Beacon's Closet or Buffalo Exchange in, in the US where you get like instant consignment. So I'd spoke to lots of people about that, that kind of all those clothes that are maybe under your bed or in a, in, a, in a cupboard somewhere that are not doing anything unless you're proactive about going to a car boot or charity or whatever. And I was like, I can't believe that, well, there's a couple of places in London where you can do that, but the customer service isn't so good. So I had reimagined this amazing um, on the spot kind of consignment place that had uh, like customization stations and repair. And then I realized I didn't have any money. And so I was like, okay, why, how could I use this kind of creatively? And I was like, well, actually, why don't I put those two things together and ask people to, the world doesn't need any more physical clothing. We're bombarded with that on a daily basis. So why don't I take this notion of getting rid of physical and and kind of obtaining something digital instead and that became the kind of key hook if you like for um hot seconds of the the concept store yeah which um we attended and kind of covered and everything yes I'm um, so happy. yeah 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 it was cool it's, and also um just I think what was interesting about that is you chose to um have a digital product, I guess, as it were, mm. and a digital experience, but then still have a physical store. Yeah. So there's something about this, um, yeah, you know, getting together, even if we're trying out digital in the same space. So, yeah, how do you feel about that kind of, yeah, well, convergence of the two? One of, it came out of a few things. One was that my fashion career, if you like, was born out of physical. So I was shop floor girl for many years and um, more specifically doing window displays. And it was when I did that, that I really began to understand the, the power that a physical environment has on, like from an environmental psychology perspective, the kind of stimulus organism response. Um, and how when you manipulate the environment, you can have a direct response on organism or whatever and I thought that was amazing like for positive and for negative and then also um in the work that I did uh with the creative tech agency Holition um whenever we were user testing whenever we were um putting uh, kind of installing a new technology into a company it just it was paramount that we we kind of like I guess didn't like push the technology into a space the technology just like kind of iphones and stuff the technology should become invisible and almost like you mm. you find it in its natural space and the choreography of either what you need or what to do and also from a like building a new business perspective i, I wanted as much face-to-face -face, um interaction and I mean, I had grand plans for all the research that I was going to do that obviously went out the window as soon as the door opened because I was just like manic. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I think for anything that I do in the future, digital, I'll always have some kind of physical activation mm -hmm. for that penny drop moment, basically. Yeah, and I think it's something through um, lockdown as well as like the the sheer desire to be in the same room with people. I think I it's really heightened it. And like, there's been so much talk about digital fashion shows, fashion weeks, um, everything digital. But actually, now more than ever, I kind of feel like we're just craving real, real contact. And know. you know, like it's like this kind of like pure storm of digital and physical coming together. And what will that actually look like? So our experience are different with it aren't they um 
so what what happened mm-hmm. after hot second what happened after the the store because you got a lot of press and it was really well received um is that now going to clients is it uh, is it an art form like what are you doing with it next I mean, as much as possible, I've been pitching to, in particular, I think that concept works really well in um, kind of like department stores. And we all know that department stores are kind of struggling a little bit. Um, So department stores were my first kind of contact. I had two very strong leads, um, which I hope will still happen in the future, but that are on hold at the moment. I had a Japanese department store that was meant to do an activation in July. so sad but um i'm hoping that that still might come off kind of like next year um so yeah just kind of trying what i'm thinking in my head is that i'd quite like to um keep hot second and run it as almost like a kind of social enterprise or as a kind of like lab type experience where every time it pops up in a different place because there's no one um like amazing journey or path to experience digital fashion just now i think hot second could be amazing spot to try a few of the different Mm. technologies out as they evolve and that way i feel it could be like a win-win for the technology providers a win for me and a win for brands who are like thinking should we should we delve into this kind of like space at the moment but of course the downside of that is I don't have any money to fund it myself. Mm. So now um, I'm working with Marjorie, who I think you you know yeah. from um, Luxo. And we met at a circularity conference in um, uh, Paris. And Paris. Mm-hmm. yeah, both got really kind of um, realized we were kind of on a similar um we were passionate about similar things. And then one day when we had a, a kind of follow-up meeting in London, we were like, let's start a business together. So we're like, yeah, let's do it. Because I think when you put digital fashion and blockchain together, again, I think that it, although it's a bit of a head fuck for consumers, like initially I was going to try and do blockchain and digital fashion for November. But then as soon as I spoke to consumers, they were like, whoa, like you've already got me scratching my at head. time. Yeah, you've already got me scratching my head at digital fashion. Let's like take it slowly, slowly. But again, I think in order for especially luxury brands to feel a bit more um, at ease about getting into the digital space, I feel like authentication of some variety will make them feel at ease. I also think the creators themselves, obviously to protect their IP, because one of the things that was a challenge for me and I was petrified about during the the concept store was I had commissioned a 3D artist to make a a representation of um, a jumpsuit that David Bowie had worn by a Japanese department, Japanese designer. I tried that on. (laughs) Yeah. And he's still alive. So like I wrote him a message and I said, look, I'm doing this. It's non-commercial, but I have made a, a representation of something that you've created. Spoke to some lawyers, was really, really scared because there was like so many, there were so many people, different people who could have sued me. And I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wing it and hope for the best. So I was careful, like uh, in any of the press, like the official press articles, I kind of was like, please don't put this piece in. Um, but because, I mean, the, the laws and the policies haven't caught up in this space yet. Mm. Um, and I don't know, that's kind of a blessing and a curse in a way. Yeah. 
Yeah, because you, so similarly in a weird way, I'm working on a, a project and it's like super collaborative. And because it's so collaborative, there's no, um, you can't really own anything, but then you need to protect mm. yourself. It's like you're in this black hole yeah, of tricky. like protection or not, either way, mm. whatever you choose to, um, yeah. So I, I really like the idea of it being almost like a traveling data collection exhibition yes. kind of interaction thing. Yeah, that could mm -hmm. be cool. Um, and then obviously trying to get that funded. So I'm guessing in terms of funding, I don't know, could it be a museum thing? Could it be like, I don't know, with a, yeah, a big gallery or something or part of I Freeze so. or something like that yeah, maybe, like, um... yeah. I'm rack. I mean, I. I mean, I, I. know the. I know the film. The forms are hard for a reason. But like, I've got lots of forms at the moment to fill in. I'm filling out competitions. I'm. Yeah. I'm thinking about kind of like incubators and kind of stuff like that as well. Um. But I'm also. I don't know. I'm also like I. Uh, as you know, like I. I'm a. Like I teach at different institutions. I've got like a kind of consultancy arm and then I'm also trying to run these businesses. So I have to be kind of, well, we're all spinning many plates at the moment. Um, and you've got to keep them going and keep, yeah. Yeah. And get even more plates in there. <laughs> Did you exactly. So yeah, I'm kind of looking, um, I don't know. I just, I, my gut tells me that there's going to be like a, a touch paper type moment. And once that happens, there people are going to be when I say people I mean budget holders or even um investors are, are going to be a bit more open to taking a risk on digital fashion because mm. we know like we we can't cal calculate the size of the market yet I've, I've conjured up some huge huge numbers which are taken from the virtual goods kind of like gaming market but mm. at the moment that's that's very different yeah. from what we're talking about in terms of digital fashion which actually with your, you know, traveling kind of concept store could be that's how you collect your data and prove the case, right? So you kind of got that win-win of data collection and then proving the market size as well, which is obviously... I hope so, um, and also, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like education has kind of been one of my kind of key themes within my career as well. And I really believe in the sharing of kind of like knowledge and expertise. And that was one of the other reasons why I started this new event series up for a hot second. Cause I thought, well, even though I don't have an activation at the moment, if I can still help kind of generate the conversation around digital fashion, then there, there's still quite a strong value in that, I hope. And is that your October retreat that you're working on? Is that something oh, different? That's a different business. <laughs> Okay, we'll get to that one in a minute. Let's go back to your teaching. Yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah, tell us about your teaching. What's so, what do you do at the moment and um just now kind of I've got two kind of like major commitments. One is with um uh, ESCP, which is uh the world's oldest business school. Uh, believe it or not, which is uh, they're based uh, predominantly out of Paris, but I teach at the London campus um, and I teach a unit on trends and innovation um, to students who are enrolled on a, a master's in marketing and creativity course. Um, it's brilliant. It's like super intensive for kind of like four weeks. Um, and we just kind of cover um, a wide remit with a focus on um, 
on innovation and kind of trends uh, within fashion and luxury. And then similarly, I also teach um, uh, another unit at the Antwerp School of Management um, on their master's international fashion market and, and teach that for an intense week in uh, December. So yeah, quite a kind of similar um, uh program but maybe like it's, it's got a little bit more kind of nuts and bolts in terms of like digital marketing and um kind of like buying and merchandising and stuff like that as well it's a bit broader are you teaching at lcf at the minute or not with them yeah so i also yeah. i do kind of like one-off um kind of like workshops or earlier this year um i hosted a hackathon with um future lab and netta porter so um yeah i find it hard to commit to like blocks of teaching all together and then I also teach at um Marangoni and Polimoda in, in Florence as well so um but I really I miss being in the classroom like online teaching is hard <laughs> yeah every academic that I've talked to actually recently said it's very um you know the process of it's very intensive in the sense that you've got to do um, give a lot energy wise but also like follow up on stuff in a very different way and kind of like you know when you're in a room of 20 or 30 people you can gauge how they feel and you can respond and you can adapt but when they're just small yeah. pictures on a screen it's very difficult to actually navigate that kind of learning really isn't it um totally yeah, yeah. and even with all yeah. the bells and whistles and tips and tricks it, it like yeah still still yeah. miss that human thing yeah what are you up to with Marjorie then can you tell us yeah it well, top it's, secret? It's, it's still <laughs> secret at the moment I mean we're meant to be going live at the beginning of um August but I guess the, the the main thing that I can say is that it is this fusion of digital fashion with blockchain um authentication and um yeah we're ho hopefully we'll be able to announce like a very exciting brand that we're going to launch effectively we're, we're planning to launch with a um a kind of like pop-up beta type concept um in september hopefully um and then with a kind of fuller launch um in either uh november or january depending if all the bells and whistles are um here but it's funny like in the last three weeks i've had uh five different calls with other people who are also setting up um similar businesses so really um it's a it's an exciting time to be in the digital fashion space yeah how how have you found um so you know i don't know if you know but i'm working on this traffic light project and it's really we're literally bringing everyone together and like you've said there's similar people working in similar spaces and actually mm. to to really create something quite amazing, you have to work together rather than compete. So, yeah. and it's like, you know, that's a very new concept, particularly in fashion. So, yeah. you know, you're having these conversations and sometimes you're initially a bit like, what are you up to? And then you're like, yes, amazing. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's funny. So how have you found yeah, that I mean, then? These, yeah. I noticed that that happening a lot with um, almost like the first wave of digital. So like e-commerce and social because I think you're part of maybe Fashmash as well that Rosanna and Rachel Arthur set up. But that was one of the things that first struck me about what they had created was that here you would have groups of like strategists or marketing um, kind of senior people and they'd be like, who are you using to do your paid social? How, do you, how are you deciding what to do for this? How are you deciding? And yeah, like before that, people were 
holding their cards very close to their chest and I don't know I, I'm a very like heart on my sleeve which is dangerous sometimes especially when you're I don't know meant to be in stealth mode or all stuff like that but I kind of think like you get what you give as well and like similar like I've had conversations with people who are doing exactly the same thing as me and I'm like can you say what kind of technology you're using are you doing it manually are you have you chosen a startup to partner with and I was like I'll tell you yours if you tell me mine I think as well like there's so many um, you know, I liken it to like, okay, you're a fashion brand and there's how many fashion brands in the world? You know, there's enough space for all of us to have our own unique um, part within it, you know, and it's kind of the more, in a way, the more um, movement behind things, it, it gains momentum and power and, and then it kind of rises like all of us up together in a sense, right? So Yeah, and you never know, know like these these people who are competitors now that you could be having that you're having these tentative conversations with could be your like business partners of the future or like you could like serve each other in in, in that way as well so I guess I don't know that's what I think is interesting about it too yeah and I think as well when you start out you sort of think oh I'm gonna um I'm gonna do everything and then you slowly realize like actually, I can't do every single thing. I need a partner for this or I need someone else to do that. And actually my space in that is this small bit, you know. Um, That's one yeah, of the things so I've noticed even from, from doing a second. Oh, really? Sorry, I, moved, I moved my phone away again. Sorry. I was about to take a photo of us. Um, I, I can do one. Um, I'll tell you what, I can do one on the screen. Um, let's just sure. do that now. Thanks. There we go. Yeah, yeah, from doing hot seconds myself versus now working with Marjorie on, um, it's called the dematerialized. So uh, I saw on Instagram, I was like, what's this, you two? Yeah, it's like, it's it's so refreshing to like not feel crazy. Like I definitely, whilst I was doing hot second, although I have like loads of, I'm really lucky to have lots of mentors and lots of people who help me. It's different to having a business partner, which I've never, I've never had before. So I'm finding that amazing. Yeah, she, her clarity as well. She'd like totally can see what needs to happen and what she wants to do and kind of very driven, isn't she? It's kind of. Yeah. And we've got quite a complementary skill set as well. So yeah. Yeah. And also her, um, you know, you can feel each other's like being, can't you? you? Your drivers, your sort of essence and your soul, as it were. Um, so, yeah, I can imagine that you're two, you two will get on really nicely. Um, so apart from that, what else was I going to ask you? I wanted to talk about, um, oh, yeah, what what do you think post-pandemic are we going to be doing? Obviously, digital is going to play a huge part, but what will that look like? you know, in the um, near and long term? I mean, obviously, one of the major things that's that's skills still screwed up at the moment is the the manufacturing um, system and this old fashioned kind of way that we have of trying to predict what consumers want, making too much of it, and then they don't buy it and you've got like a problem. So... I definitely think that moving more towards like purchase activated production is going to be a necessity. 
And I think that people are always going to want fastish fashion, but I think that um, people are more willing to wait for something that they they might want. Or I mean, obviously, we've seen a lot of. Um, um positive movements towards not buying anything towards buying just buying locally um towards up upcycling and diy and things like that as well so i do think they will continue and also i mean the the fallout from this in terms of what the the high streets and the malls are going to look like i mean it's, it's it's daily isn't it the number of people who are going out of business the number of mm-hmm. shops who've said that th- those stores are never going to open up again so i think that um the the landscape of of the high street is physically um definitely kind of going to change as is the kind of mechanics behind it hmm. I think what's difficult to understand is like at the minute, um, you know, shops are open and you can go into down Bond Street, but they're obviously going to be super quiet. And it's um, what's a desire to return to something that really doesn't um, doesn't maybe serve us anyway anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, our minds have maybe shifted. We've moved on from what we thought we wanted. And actually now we might have readdressed or like realigned our values to something that's different I don't know I mean personally if anything I would say my self my kind of like self um, understanding and kind of like values have become even stronger and I've not really changed but they're they're more rooted now I guess than they've Mm -hmm. ever been Um, and I think you either have gone down that route or you're finding new things that you've never found before, you know, like whether it's your first introduction to understanding about supply chains in Leicester or, or things yeah. like this that have really come out strongly now. Um, so I think there's like a super, you know, opportunity for, for us to change. But I'm also quite pragmatic in the fact that, you know, pretty much everyone I talk to obviously works in fashion. So mm-hmm. how do we pay our rent? You know? Yeah. <laughs> that, I know it's the short, it's the short term. Mm. And that's actually, I've actually changed my, changed my title recently from a futurist to a nowist because I realized that um, it's, it's actually, I don't know, easier to like pontificate about, it's all going to be amazing over there once we get all the shiny yes. new technology. But actually the bloody hard part, and this is what I'm facing when I speak to people as well, is like, how, how are we going to make it to next season? How are we going to make sure all those people within the ecosystem, if, 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 well, if there is a fallout, there, it, it has, the bottom has fallen out of it, but how can we, I don't know, how can we make new education systems so that people can retrain to do other stuff or yeah. find a new revenue streams? Like, I don't know. It's, it's tricky. Yeah. For sure. I, yeah. I think that practicality of kind of, you know, even when we think about um, the likes of Extinction Rebellion or something, you know, sort of let's not have fashion week, let's not buy anything ever again. It's completely understandable, but at the same time, that will mean, um, millions of people out of work children not getting fed like quite simply you know so we've got to have a bit more plan around stopping if that's the ultimate aim um yeah so what what else do you want to talk about today is there anything you want to share that's apart from the amazing uh cliff jumps that you've been doing and things that i've been 
eagerly watching I'm like oh gosh you know now she's swimming in the sea <laughs> like <laughs> oh yeah I mean I don't know I just I mean the other thing that I, we didn't mention yet was the the think retreat I mean it's still it's still in a kind of seedling stage at the moment and it, it was born from I was doing a um a couple of like innovation workshops with different fashion brands and uh, it was just after I decided to move to Ibiza and found the place and everything. And the uh, it was like a, a f- kind of fashion uh, VC, not VC, uh, VP. Incubator. Yeah. No, yeah. like um, like a person. Yeah, a person <laughs> thing inside a fashion brand who's senior was like, why don't you do what you do but do it in Ibiza? She was like, I would send my senior team. And I was like, what? Really? Of course, this is pre-pandemic. Now nobody's got budgets. Um. And so I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And obviously we see retreats for everything else. We also, if you look at the conference market, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, just like, I mean, I still go to conferences whenever I can, but more from like meeting people and kind of knowledge, but the actual conference format itself, I think is also ripe for disruption. Yeah, um, shape up for sure. <laughs> yeah, so I was kind of like thinking of those kind of two things together and then again just trying to pull the expertise that I have in in fashion and innovation and kind of education together and I was like well what if like one of the books that I really love is um the 20 the soul of the 21st century consumer by Lewis and Bridger and even though it's 20 years old like they say we don't have enough time we don't have enough attention and we don't have enough trust and I mean, that's what everyone says, even or even more so during lockdown. Like, where did the time go? We don't yeah. trust anyone. We don't trust the police. We don't trust brands. We don't trust the government. Um, anyway, that was just kind of like for context. And I was like, what if you could create, obviously, a, a time and a space for people to think? Because, again, that was the thing that forced me to do it when I when I took time out. I started off by doing a 10-day silent Vipassana to kind of, like, kickstart um, that process. Um, and so what I've put together is something called the Think Retreat. So it's a 48-hour program that has, like, seven different kind of, like, stages. It's, like, quite intensive, as you can imagine, because of the kind of short amount of time. Um, it's probably going to be for between like 10 to 15 people and I'll have probably kind of like three or four facilitators. Everybody does kind of go through the, the main sections and it's it's got lots of things about like multidisciplinary, multidisciplinary like unlearning stuff. The, the outcome yeah. um, that I think it's going to be is that you will have a effectively like an innovation roadmap. So if you're uh, working corporate, you can obviously do that for your own organization. If you work for yourself, it could be for yourself and for your kind of like own career. And I'm really interested in trying to somehow combine a kind of like one for one kind of model within it so that there's a, a real mixture within the group of corporates, um, individuals, students maybe like graduates mm. um just to so that there's multiple kind of like stakeholder perspectives yeah. and that's a bit wacky statement but yeah that's what it's kind of looking like at the moment so just now I'm um just looking for venues in Ibiza and hopefully going to try and run it in October and November face-to-face first as a kind of like beta version and then if that works maybe you could make some kind of like virtual 
um, version that would bring the costs of it kind of like down or, or make it more accessible mm -hmm. to more people because that's also important to me. Yeah, it's quite complicated, isn't it? Even when you look at the programming and then the two days, but then we were like, should you do three days? And kind of there's a lot to fit in. You're like, oh, but then people will be fried in their brain. And then they'll want to like, do they want to go out and drink? I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't know. And then or maybe they want to do yoga and you're kind of like trying to, you know, give that space and be open, but then teach, but then allow freedom, but then not allow them to run off. So it's like, no, how are you exactly. going to corral all this stuff in, you know, it's kind of crazy. And also obviously like Ibiza itself is, um, is amazing and very um, magnetic and kind of like two, two sides. It's very retreat, but then it's very energetic and kind of party. So it's like you, you kind of those opposing things are all the time. When, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah so which is which can be harnessed and actually that's kind of cool anyway um so yeah so yeah I'm excited about that um and you should definitely talk to Lena as well for sure yeah no I will Greek call definitely yeah. I'd love to yeah. have a proper chat with her <laughs> but yeah let's see yeah fantastic well sign me up and I'll be there <laughs> all right lovely to talk um are you are you happy with that you yes good? totally thank you I always think that being asked these type of questions just helps you formulate opinions that you didn't necessarily know you had in your own mind anyway so yeah I really appreciate yeah. you inviting me and I'm glad we got to yeah, yeah. I know it's been quite a while because of you I know I know it's very attractive um <laughs> I know I'm super happy that we did it because actually it's been at least two or three years maybe it's more maybe it's five I don't know but yeah you know <laughs> who knows cool. all right well I shall hopefully see, speak to you soon thank you Please subscribe, rate and review our show on iTunes. Until next time, be sure to join the conversation via Instagram at Black Neon Digital and online at blackneondigital.com.